Welcome to the Live Better Show with Brett and Jason. We spend time with top performing professionals in their respective fields, chatting about anything from morning routines, creative processes and biohacks, to healthy habits and travel destinations. I am super excited to have my good friend and co-founder of Live Better, Jason Lobig, on the show today. Jason is a jack of all trades. From being a certified personal trainer that will teach you a thing or two about taking your workout routine to the next level, to a Zen yoga master, where he will infuse technique and focus into your practice. On top of his trainer expertise, Jason holds a CPA. Yes, this man is a certified public accountant. Jason is a true adventurer. Check out his Instagram for handstands all over the world. He loves surfing, mountain biking, cliff diving, snowboarding, and anything that can bring him outside. He continues to accumulate new hobbies, which drives his creative process. His taco-creating expertise is second to none. This man, myth, and legend redefines going ham. Our mission for you, our esteemed listeners, and the greatest people in the history of ever, is to demonstrate effective techniques of high performers to help you achieve results in your own life. Learning from productive and accomplished individuals gives the opportunity to break down the nuances of success and hopefully provide you with a new way to think about the world. Listen, take notes, and take action. Live better and have the best day ever. Today's show is brought to you by Acure Skincare for your skin, for the planet. Personally, with the goal of living forever, I love the anti-aging Argan Stem Cell plus Corella Growth Factor Night Cream and the Organic Balancing Rose plus red tea facial toner. I really like the volume shampoo and conditioner, along with the cell-stimulating body wash. Great combo. Look good, feel good, live better. Today's show is also brought to you courtesy of Go Raw. We all snack, so let's do it with all-organic, non-GMO, vegan, nut-free, gluten-free, sprouted, and raw snacks. Junk-free food by Go Raw is a perfect midday, pre, or post-workout snack. Have a sweet tooth? Go with their sprouted cookies, raw chocolate, or sweet spirulina bites. Savory lovers, check out their flax, snacks, or salad bowls. Every choice is a good choice with Go Raw. Healthy snacking, living better. Hey, welcome to the Live Better Podcast. I would like to um, introduce my co-founder, Jason Lobig, who we'll be interviewing today. How's it going, Jason? Hey, Brett. How's it going? Good. Um, so let's just start off uh, with you telling us, telling the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, kind of your career path and, and how you've gotten to where you are. Sure. So I graduated from Miami University uh, in Ohio in 2012 with a degree in accountancy. I started my career at a big four accounting firm and currently hold a CPA. Uh, my fitness track, I kind of started to lift seriously in college as well as learned how to cook. I'm still a total amateur. <laughs> um, but this spilled over into learning the dynamics of food prep food prep and fitness programming. Um, and then as soon as I started to see some changes in me, other people asked me to help them. So that kind of spiraled into what has now become a passion of mine and hopefully a large piece of my life's work. Um, for our listeners, I'm the co-founder and chief life officer at Live Better. I'm working on several projects at Live Better, including the creation of a plant-based superfood protein bar, 
Um, we're starting our entrepreneurial dinner series and also the development of our website into a community to share our network of amazing people. Um, my journey kicked off after we started spitballing ideas uh, in a bar. <laughs> um, the creative sessions we have for our listeners include chat of going to space, reaching <laughs> and helping a billion people, and changing the entire health and wellness landscape. <laughs> Uh, the conversations can get out of hand, but they fuel my creative process. Um, after listening to and reading pretty much everything I could find from Tim Ferriss, I knew I was hooked into this startup kind of creative jack-of-all-trades world. Um, I feel like I come up with a decently viable business idea every day, so it's <laughs> fun trying to narrow down which projects to focus on. Um, outside of, of Live Better... Outside of those ideas that live better, I'm a concierge-based personal trainer, nutrition consultant, and life coach. I've done some fitness projects for Nike, namely the Nike Train Chicago program. That's pretty new. Um, it's connecting Nike through a trainer network in Chicago uh, to cool athletes and people who want to work out in the city, um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome. So speaking of, of cool, impactful experiences, that Nike thing sounds awesome, but if you could narrow it down to coolest or most impactful experience that you've had within kind of this space that you're, you're now in, what would that be and why? Sure. Um, I think the most impactful experience I've had, um, working in health and wellness, um, which is kind of the overarching umbrella for personal training as well, um, has been a recurring moment. So I'm not sure outside of, of one single moment, having Bo Jackson at Nike Train Chicago is pretty cool. Um, but I think outside of, of that, being around athletes um, through the Nike program has been this recurring moment. It's people asking me for advice, looking to me for help, and then ultimately implementing the life changes that I recommend or helping them with. And then when I hear positive feedback about their experience, whether it be fitness or nutrition, I feel like I've made a positive difference in someone's life and this has been super special to me and I don't feel like that will ever get old. Um, I love to mold people into the best versions of themselves. Um, I love seeing that smile and energy kind of day in and day out from clients that are seeing major life changes. So that I think has been the most impactful experience, really seeing a tangible change and a tangible difference that I'm making. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I know one of the, one of the big changes that, that you and I both try to implement within clients of ours or with just an individuals that we meet that we've, this is something that we've both learned is, is starting the day off. Right. Um, so with that being said, do you have, um, a morning routine, uh, that you follow daily or, or the majority of the week? Um, if, if not, do you have just any other good habits of, of practice or kind of how do you hone in on your creative process? Um, yeah, so how about that? Sure. Right now, um, my schedule is crazy. Uh, I really? have <laughs> I have <laughs> personal training clients every morning before I go to my day job, uh, which often runs late into the evenings. Um, I need my mornings to be structured and involve um, as little active decision-making as possible. I know we've talked about decision fatigue, um, which is a pretty well 
um, well-talked-about subject, um, but for the listeners, if you aren't aware of it now, um, involves a basically a maximum of decisions that you can make each day. Um, so reducing the number of decisions that are taking away from my energy level um, is super important to me getting through long days. So I try and eat the same breakfast, which is three eggs, broccoli, two slices of gluten-free toast with either grass-fed butter or organic almond butter um, with an occasional bulletproof coffee um, into which I throw some crazy superfoods <laughs> um, and superfood mixes. I try and do 15 minutes of mobility work each morning, which consists of some yoga, uh, some meditation, take a shower, which involves hot and cold plunges. The cold plunges are awesome to stimulate your nervous system, get your metabolism moving in the morning, and wake you up. If you have never tried a cold plunge, I would highly recommend it in the morning. <laughs> it is twice the power of the strongest coffee you've ever had. Um, I lay out my clothes and day pack the night before. Um, I'm super diligent about always bringing the same things with me throughout the day. So making sure that that kind of like day pack is ready to go is super important to my mornings, which includes food um, and phone charger, whatever I need for the day, plus my notebook. I probably go through a notebook a week of work of notes, um, constantly doing that all day and making sure that I can maybe go over some of those notes too in the morning to kind of recap, like teachers told you to, to study what you were going through in each class throughout the week during school. Um, I kind of do that over my own notes so I don't lose some trains of thoughts from train of thought from the day before. If I had a little more time, which I'm hoping to, um, I would love to add some reading and journaling in the morning. Um, but right now it's, it's pretty tough. I'm going to bed super late. So that's, uh, that's what my mornings usually look like. That's great. I mean, I think that we both can, can recognize the, the importance of an impactful, uh, routine in the morning to, like you said, decrease that decision fatigue throughout the day fuels that creative process. I think For you sure. have that, you having that notebook throughout the day, um, and being able to write down notes throughout the day is due to the fact that you're able to structure that morning. So that's great. Um, kind of, kind of with that notebook. And I know within, within your notes throughout the day, you're writing down things that you want to accomplish. Um, what has been one of the bigger risks you've taken, um, in, in your life? Uh, and, and the result can be something that's, that's been an impact on your life positively or something that's maybe been so detrimental that you learned from it and, and you're a different person now. Um, and, and how has that shaped you today? Sure. Uh, I think the biggest risk that I've taken may not be one single decision. Um, I think generally allowing myself to go further with passions of mine, namely health and wellness. I think we all have things we're interested in, whether it was one, what you wanted to be when you grew up as a kid, as uh, a pretty often question, um, or a small side project you've thought about. I took a chance devoted a serious amount of time to an idea and a dream, both with Live Better With You and just moving into uh, into health and wellness personally. And I think it's paid off in the form of a new career path for me. Uh, we'll see what pans out, but I'm pretty happy to have taken a risk uh, with my time to change my work and my life. And I think 
that legacy and passion is really all we have to leave behind. So I'm still trying to, to write a pretty, pretty cool story for myself. So I think taking that risk has been super important for me because, you know, working a full-time job, especially one that's pretty, uh, hour intensive, um, makes it tough to come home and then develop or devote several evenings a week over and over and over to develop a a passion into a career or something that's, you know, a viable, um, life changing option for you. Yeah. So in the development of that, that career, uh, your passion, you've, you've taken a lot of risks yourself. What would be one that you would say if you were sitting down in front of an audience, um, what would be one risk you would kind of recommend somebody to take, um, that you've kind of utilized to get to where you are now? Sure. I would tell somebody that's in the same position that is ready to make a a move or are considering options that you can actually do whatever you want in life. Uh, You don't need to be a professional from the start. Everyone started somewhere. So if you're interested in something, my advice in, in maybe there's a risk inherent in this because people aren't too comfortable reaching out to strangers, but seek out the most accomplished, nice and sharing person you can find and ask them to teach you. And if they don't have much time, ask them where to get started because building a network of amazing people is how you connect, how you learn and how you grow. It's been instrumental in helping us get lit better off the ground. I don't think we'd be even close to where we're at now if we were shy about reaching out to people to ask how they do what they do, why they do it, um, and to hone in on their that that passion to be able to fuel our own creative process. I think we've we've come out and made some cool decisions, some cool projects have spun from having awesome conversations with people. And I would say taking that step to just decide to do something, um, seek out a mentor, take the risk in, in reaching out and being vulnerable as a beginner will pay off exponentially. Do you have a specific person that you've reached out to that has been kind of influential um, in that process? I know that you and I have reached out to some cool people. Is there a person that stands out that, that you've had a good conversation with? Um, I think our chat with Cliff Hodges was pretty cool. He had a desk job. Um, he realized that his life passion was being outside and teaching and uh, he took a risk and it didn't pay as much. Um, it wasn't as secure. Uh, he maybe didn't have the, the backing that he wanted from the start to be able to do that comfortably. You know, everyone's not, not blessed with, with startup money or, or whatever. Um, I think that if you get into something because you love it, you'll find a way to make money doing it and using a passion to fuel your life's work is, is the easiest way to just never doubt yourself from the start. Yeah. So Cliff Hodges is the founder of adventure out, which is just an amazing company that, that brings people back to nature. And I know that you, you love nature and you love uh, traveling and stuff like that. And, And throughout your life, you've been able to go on some pretty cool, cool trips. So as you have progressed in your life, 
um, how has your philosophy on priorities, work-life balance, relationships, ideas, education, how, how can, you know, philosophy on life, how has it changed as, as you have aged from, from the start until where you're at today? Got it. So I have a lot of, (laughs) a lot of ideas. I would say that, um, my philosophy on life has changed a ton from, uh, college from high school. I'm only 25. So by no means, uh, an experienced have, uh, have a ton of life experience, but I think traveling, um, changing jobs, finding a passion, um, has at least allowed my mindset to change. So I think from maybe from high school and college to now, I think that we need to push ourselves to the limit. I think this is where we find out who and what we really are. We find out what scares us. We find out what drives us, what's thrilling to us, um, what's exciting. And then you grow outside of your comfort zone. If you just go to your day job, you sit there and you don't put yourself out into uncomfortable situations, you, you can't necessarily grow outside of a very defined track. So I think the more we can thrive in unpracticed situations, the more adaptable we become as people, um, as athletes, um, in that specific, um, context and kind of life professionals. And then on the other side of that coin though, I feel like I've gained perspective in what matters. I think it's changed from high school and college where you're, you're super present because what's going on around you is ultra stimulating. But I don't think that you have the perspective of, of what really matters because you are still in such a defined life track. Um, now it's family, love, the pursuit of having the best day ever, every single day. Uh, making those choices has totally changed my mindset. So I've chosen to be grateful, to be super happy and to take life head on with a full tank to explore the limits that I previously mentioned, um, which I think is a very defined decision, um, which maybe you aren't thinking about when you're, when you're younger. I just don't think that you've You've had the perspective yet. I don't think even that your environment maybe allows you to think like that unless you had somebody that was fueling those thoughts. And these have come up for me as I've gone deeper into my passions, talked to more people I care about, found, you know, people I look up to. The other thing is maybe balance for me. Um, I used to think that I loved being around a ton of people all the time. But balancing that with alone time for me has been super important. I've found that both self-meditation, I was just in Colorado and spent a lot of time outside, some of it alone. And it is amazing what you can do for your own mind, just getting some alone time, just relaxing, letting go of stress, and just really reprioritizing by yourself. Um, Along the lines of that balance would be balancing my primal side versus my peaceful side. So (laughs) I have this idea of primal and peaceful. Um, I like to play with with those terms a lot. I like in my training, I like to talk about physical readiness um, pretty often. So balancing my primal side, which I would um, relate to playing sports or lifting versus my peaceful side, which I would relate to my creative side. yoga, 
um, my artistic side, kind of reading. Um, and then the third piece to this very long-winded answer <laughs> would be stuff, my perspective on how the score is kept now in life. I would say, especially when you're in college, coming out of college, that that score is kept financially. I think for some people um, with a more short-sighted view would consider um, how well you are, how well off you are financially to be the way the score is kept. But you're always used to thinking on this very singular track. When you're in school, you have grades, your class rank, that keeps score. Then you get your first job and your friends um, compare salary. Whether how how shallow that may sound, it's oh you were you're an investment banker versus oh you're a volunteer making you know no money. Um, but then reality sets in. So then you get beyond the first year and you realize okay, well that isn't all that matters. You can have the most well off person in the world who has all the money in the world and is super unhappy, and you can have people with no money that the smile never leaves their face. So I think. Along those lines, my, my philosophy and perspective has kind of gone from, from this very achievement-oriented focus to being content and wanting to change the world. So that on a kind of a two-sided coin, being content, I don't want to confuse with complacency. Um, that discussion kind of moves towards achievement versus appreciation, which Tim Ferriss talks to several of his guests on his podcast about where this appreciation is singular thinking where you can be very present and happy with what you've done versus only a linear, linear track of achievement where you are just working towards the next thing, the next promotion, the next raise, you know, the next level of car you want to buy. I just, I've come to realize that being happy in life means everything. Um, but then the other thing is, is wanting to change the world. So I want to make a tangible benefit um, and be happy doing it. So yeah, playing on that balance is kind of cool. So I, I've learned to just take a full, fresh, full breath of fresh air and just smile and just kind of like not, not care as much what, what everyone else is thinking. Um, be kind of consistent in my own goals, my own values, which I feel like is, is a rare, um, but good quality. So that's my answer to that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's my answer to that, uh, question no that's a good one i think uh i think yeah i think interesting points coming up there is that ranking system with our whole lives we're ranked uh based on so many different things but once you break break kind of the ending of college and after your first job you you develop your own ranking and and the fact the ranking system you kind of decided on is, is great and changing the world and being happy is two awesome things because people get caught up in in the other side of it and, and like you said that linear thought of okay, I did this, great, but I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And some people just, it, it, it fuels them in, in not the best decisions. Yeah. Um, so touching on kind of high school onward, let's take it back a little bit. Um, tell us just a little bit about growing up. What was it like for you? What was the family like or the friends like? Uh, do you have any, any, <laughs> any rough patches at all? Or yeah. I mean, I know that you know everyone goes through, through some things. Uh, if you're willing to share anything about that, I think – a wide spectrum and, and, and listeners of all ages can benefit from what we're trying to get at. So I think if you can, you know, start off from when you were little baby Jason to, to maybe getting into high school, that'd be cool to hear about. All right. Um, sure. Um, I jumped out of my crib from the top at a really young age 
explains a lot. Flipped her out <laughs> several times. Um, those little bungee swings you can attach to your kitchen doors. My parents left me in that for about a week until I was running off of all the walls in a circle. Um, but my my childhood was amazing. I grew up with super loving parents who taught me manners and how to behave, which I'm super thankful for. Um, not a conscious thought you have until you realize <laughs> until you realize some people aren't. Yeah. Um, I think I'm most grateful for that and having a good example of what love looks like. Um, I've got two awesome younger brothers, so I'm the oldest, whom I got to push around until they learned to push back, which really only made me push harder. Um, we have a great relationship and bond over several of the same passions, which is super nice, namely being active. Most of our family vacations and get-togethers revolve around doing something active. have ranged from surfing and snowboarding to golf, which we do a lot together. Um, whole family involved. Um, I grew up in Cincinnati, um, Bengals and Reds fan, and then moved to Chicago. So I cheer for the Bulls and the Blackhawks. Um, I still have the same friends that I went to kindergarten with, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, actually my oldest, best guy and girlfriend are getting married to each other at the end <laughs> of this year, which is pretty awesome. We we're all in the same kindergarten class. That's wild. Still hang out with all the same high school buddies. Um, also moved into college, went back to college in Miami and Ohio. So that was kind of cool to return back close to where I grew up. Um, one thing that's kind of been a cool lifestyle switch for me is growing up, I had a ton of, to address your question of any, any at least physical hardship, I was sick all the time. Uh, I had a ton of migraines, like two a week on a scale of 10 at nines. Um, I would totally black out, um, would see stars, would lose my hearing, um, vomit total nausea to the point where I couldn't be around any light, any sound would have to have a cold rag kind of like writhing around in pain. Um, saw 10 neurologists, which you yeah. should never do at age 10. I was actually already kind of pre prepping food at that point, bringing in like three waters, a bunch of snacks. Um, my metabolism moves pretty quick. So when my blood sugar would dip, that would give me a headache. Um, I had a headache every single day from probably fourth grade to 10th grade, which sucked. Um, learned to deal with that pain, but the migraines were really kind of what pushed me over the edge. Um, thankfully, most guys actually grow out of having migraines. So as soon as I can kind of control that, as soon as that kind of fixed, it really improved my health. But then got into high school and had insomnia all the time. Barely ever slept. Something that still I still trying to fight against is is getting enough sleep. Um, but what has helped that is consistent diet, consistent exercise. Trying to find some kind of schedule where you can control your energy level all day. Because I was drinking six cokes, loved coke, drink it all the time. I've cut that out. Tried to cut out caffeine past a certain point in the day if I consume it at all. Um, and that's kind of, that's helped a lot, but I feel like it's also given me really good experience to be able to help people saying that like, Hey, I came from like this constant daily pain into feeling most of the time. Awesome. 
all day long. Yeah. But um, but overall, wonderful childhood. Wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't change anything. That's great. As as we all grow up, we have things we aspire to be. You know, we want to be a spaceman. We want to we want to be a professional athlete. Um, and, and I remember growing up, you know, going to like autograph signings of people that I loved um, and getting to meet them. And so I guess right now, kind of honing in on your inner child, who's someone that you haven't met yet that maybe if, if you could spend an hour or two with chatting or just, just meet them, who would that be and why? Uh, Tim Ferriss. I've already mentioned him before um, a little bit ago, but he's my mentor, even though he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> um, I'll meet him, but um, but until I do, um, I model kind of the way I think and learn around his teachings. Um, I He is an awesome um, funnel for amazing information because he takes the best of everyone he interviews and everyone he speaks with and breaks it down into the most simple terms to understand. He aggregates a lot of amazing information and disseminates it in ways that people can understand. So um, I love taking on several projects at once. I love learning from the best people I can connect with, and I really respect the way he approaches each person that he meets. There is always something to be learned from everyone. I heard him talk, um, I think it was actually in one of his books that, um, during one of his classes, he has a project in which he has all of his students, um, try and connect with three specific people. I think it's something along the lines of specific people that he lays out. You have to get in contact with them. Yeah. And this has been something that's totally unique. You feel like these athletes, these business professionals, um, highly regarded people are so out of touch but it's so much easier than you think if you're just willing to reach out, which is one of the risks that I um, kind of recommend people taking earlier. Yeah. But it's so much easier, especially now with social media. It's so accessible. Everyone has a Twitter. Everyone has an Instagram. You can probably Google and find out enough information at least to reach their assistant. And that's something that I took from him and have implemented in my own life. And it has made serious, serious change for me. Um, his ideas on translating expert knowledge for the masses is an idea that I really liked from the start. I think Tim might be the only other person on earth who has as many random hobbies and passions as I do, <laughs> yeah. from sports to creative writing to just wild things. Um, his podcasts are instructional and entertaining and are definitely worth a listen on the Tim Ferriss Show. Um, and his four-hour books, four-hour body, chef, and work week are amazing reads if you get a chance. So I, I would, I would definitely say him. He's top of the list. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we both, we both love what he does, um, and, and connect with him. So can't wait to one day hopefully have him on the show. <laughs> uh, one, one thing that Tim Ferriss does and talks about it are kind of these mini retirements and taking a break for weeks at a time to go somewhere or do something on your own. Uh, I know you were just talking about how you got back from a trip, but. Where, you know, where's your favorite place that you went to that you can kind of take in a mini retirement or take in a vacation spot that, that you would recommend uh, traveling to and, and why? Sure. Um, this is a, a very tough question for me to answer. It's like trying to reconcile my jock personality with my nerd, inner nerd. <laughs> um, like am I a beach guy or a mountain guy? I feel like that's a, that's a very polarizing question. Yeah. Um, 
I've been very blessed to see many cool places. I've taken extended trips through Europe multiple times. Um, I think it might be a four-way tie between Interlaken and Lauterbrunnen in Switzerland. I've been there twice. Maui in Hawaii, Pebble Beach in California, or Whistler in British Columbia. Uh, if you can combine a lake setting, lake setting with a mountainous backdrop, you've sold me. <laughs> uh, with that being said, there's nothing like a sunset in Maui. The colors are too beautiful for everyone not to experience. Um, and maybe teeing it up at Pebble Beach, um, which I've, um, I'm very grateful I've been able to play twice now, has also been super special to me. Um, I'm a big experience and activities person. So these trips that I love to go on, um, I love to be active, which I also helps think helps me explore the landscape. So all of these are pretty active settings. Um, I've surfed in Maui, but maybe with the exception of just wanting to be a beach bum in Maui for the views all the time, the other three are, are pretty active places. So I, I'm not sure that I could pick one from those four, but th- those have got to be it. I mean, those all sound amazing. <laughs> I don't think that there's there's a need to pick one of those four because they're just they're all amazing spots. And I think we just we overall just recommend the idea of travel from the learnings you get and the people you meet and the cool experiences that you get to do maybe just once or twice, like playing Pebble. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, if you're if you if you're a student, I would highly recommend studying abroad. Yeah. In fact, I think it's an absolute necessity. Agreed. Maybe the best. Five, maybe the best six extended weeks of my entire life. Yeah. Um, I saw a bunch of amazing cities and ended up sailing through Greece to different Greek isles, living on a <laughs> sailboat for a week. If you get so a chance nice. to do that, you should. Um, but getting getting the chance to travel broadens your horizons, gives you a unique perspective on um, the human experience, makes you um, hone in on the simplicity of your English skills. <laughs> yes. It makes you ask for help. It um, opens you up to what's out there. And I think it is just a, an absolutely amazing experience that every person, every person needs to have. And if you want to look up how to do it for cheap, look up Rolf Potts. Um, he is the undisputed master of travel. Yeah. I think he's got some really cool writings and teachings. Um, good friends with Tim Ferriss, <laughs> Um, he wrote The Art of Vagabonding, which is one of my favorite books. I wrote, read that before I went abroad the last time. Um, just being open to new travel experience for the experience and not for the consumer um, benefit is one of kind of his big teachings. Like not necessarily just paying to do touristy things, but really spending time there and getting immersed in the culture, I think is is a unique travel perspective and one that everyone should take on at least at some point. Yeah. For sure, really experience um, an uh, an environment that's not maybe domestic, or even if it's in the U.S., just not something that you're used to. Yeah, that's great. Uh, And and, in traveling a lot of different places, you see a lot of different things in nature, um, and a lot of different, you know, crops, animals, things like that. So, kind of throw a screwball at you, but uh, if you could pick an animal that describes Jason Lobig. Uh, real, mystical, something that you've seen, something that you, uh, just something that you think of that would describe yourself and why, what would it be? Unicorn. 
<laughs> maybe not that describes me yet. Um, <laughs> maybe let's dig into maybe, the unicorn maybe, a little bit. Maybe one day someone will say that. Um, <laughs> I have a deep fascination with unicorns. Okay. So I like horses. Um, though I would argue that unicorns are obviously way cooler. Um, <laughs> I think I just love what they rep- represent. They're totally unique, something super rare, and are just generally badass. Having a horn is badass. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I have to say an, uh, an, an animal known to be in existence, I'd have to go with dolphin. Um, I've interacted with dolphins in the Bahamas, um, but I've also had a really cool experience with a dolphin in nature. I was out surfing and one came up to swim and was playing around us. And, um, uh, my cousin and I were the only people out on the water. So it was very cool, surreal experience. Um, they're athletic, playful, seem like super cheerful creatures. It sounds like a great way to live to me. I'm going to go. Sounds like it describes you a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so as this podcast progresses and as we get to interview cool people, um, we're going to get to pick the brands of some, some awesome individuals. So what is your favorite question to ask somebody? And in, in regards to that question, what's been the most impactful answer that you've heard? Um, and, and how excited are you to ask people that question again when, when they're the coolest people ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, my question is how are you going to change the world? I don't think that the scale has to be the same um, for each answer. The motivation doesn't have to be the same. But I like asking this question because I feel like it taps into people's passion right away. You get what they're trying to change, what drives them, and something that they're striving for in life, even if it's just a passion and not a career. I think it's a super cool question to get at somebody right away. I wished people asked it more often. I think that self-reflection on what you're doing and what legacy you want to leave behind, um, what impact you're going to have provokes some pretty strong emotions um, in people. I'm not sure that I've actually heard a favorite answer yet, at least when I've personally asked the question. Maybe it'll be my answer to that question, um, which would be cool. I think if I'm listening to people talk on scale, Peter Diamandis's um, X prize work is pretty awesome because yeah. he takes the normal when, when the scale doesn't have to be the same people who think off of the general scale, um, that get off of, I just want to make a ton of money for myself. Um, that if you change the perspective, how do you, he's, he, he kind of plays off of a bunch of different, a bunch of different themes. But if you want to make a billion dollars, help a billion people. Yeah. Like that, that is the scale now that, that he's doing things on. He's offering money to solve world problems. And I think if people just ask themselves, what they're doing is making a serious impact, make has a social benefit. Um, that, that question I think can drive so much amazing change. And the answers, um, I think you get from people can be very passionate and, and kind of awesome to hear how each person can uniquely provide, can value add to the world, to society, to business, to whatever they're focused on. Yeah, that's great. I think we've seen that in, in people that we've interacted with too. And I think and that, that question is interesting because um, when you think about influencing a billion people, you, you think, okay, well, do I have to individually talk to a billion people? Not necessarily. I think when you, when you, 
think on that scale and you look at some of the best teachers or professors, like people undervalue that, but not, they're not just directly maybe talking to a billion people, but that person might talk to somebody who might talk to a million people and those million people might talk to another, you know, X number of people. So your ideas, your mindset can reach so many people. And now with, with social media and all these different ways of outletting that billion people is not a far, far reaching goal if you put your mind to it. So that's a super cool idea. And I think we're going to try and do it. We're going to do it. I think the the new age billionaire is not somebody that makes a billion dollars, but someone that can reach a billion people. And that's, that's awesome. That's super cool. Um, and, I, and I think a couple of people that you, you mentioned all all kind of have a fitness aspect in, in their mind as well and, and the role of that. And I know you're super into fitness. Um, we haven't really touched too much on on your fitness routines or what you do in the gym, um, out in nature regarding fitness. But how, how much of a role does fitness play um, in your life and, and what do you like to do? To, to work out or to stay active besides besides being out in nature. Definitely. Uh, fitness is now a major part of my livelihood, both personally and professionally. It's become so because I enjoy it so much, but it didn't start that way, however. And I think it takes a lot of patience, um, but it's worth every minute. Um, I work out every day doing at least something. I utilize a lot of different training methods more recently um, incorporated more yoga to keep myself interested and motivated, help with some of my mobility work. Um, I'm a big proponent of unconventional training. I use, um, a lot of kettlebells, um, anything from steel clubs to using a barbell in unconventional methods. Um, I think I take things from, um, functional movement system, to bodybuilding, to um, basic calisthenics work, um, to gymnastics, getting some martial art involved. I think being physically ready, I I mentioned this earlier, but being physically ready um, to perform every day um, is extremely important in making you an adaptable human being. I don't think that life comes at you in the form of a barbell at 6 a.m. in the same gym every day. So I don't think that you should train in that way. I think utilizing all these different modalities, all these different amazing coaches and and things to help you become the best athlete um, is ultra important to me. I think there are aspects of CrossFit that are awesome. There are wonderful um, benefits to yoga. Uh, Functional movement system is amazing. Um, Those to, um, <laughs> those two areas of training are often not intermixed too much. Um, sides don't play nice very often, yeah. but I think training this way, um, makes me the most versatile athlete and person I can be. And if I can make my body go from, you know, zero to 60 miles an hour fast and then bring it back down this peaceful and primal play that I talked about earlier, um, really allows you to handle the waves of life to handle stresses as they come to handle, um, the highs and the lows a little bit easier and to keep that energy level though high all the time. So, um, the most important part is that I always feel better after than when I walked in, it powers my day, shapes my life, gives me the energy I need to work really long hours and stay focused. So it's been, it's been a absolutely instrumental part in, in my life up to this point for sure. For sure. So you do a lot of different things, yoga, 
powerlifting. Do you have one favorite, one favorite workout, one favorite move, one favorite lift, one favorite something? I love, if I have to pick one favorite move, maybe handstands. I love doing handstands. I've recently been able to hold one, which has been kind of super cool. It's like been a new switch for me. Some people are, you know, working towards their first push up, whatever it may be. That's an awesome step. Um, I was not getting bored with working out, but I just wanted to learn a new skill. Yeah. I think learning new skills, especially gymnastic skills are kind of utmost important to me. I, I want to do a backflip really bad. Yeah. Just a standing backflip, but, um, working on my handstand has been awesome and, and a muscle up. So it's, it's a pull up basically with a dip above the bar Yeah. after all in one motion. I think those two are probably my favorite. So incorporating some kind of like body weight movement with gymnastics is, is probably my favorite. Nice. So, so you're into a lot of different things and you do all these different things. Well, how would you, uh, you know, help the person off the street that wants to get into this and, and, and educate themselves, um, and kind of either work their way into what you, what you're doing or generally just find an educational platform to get into whatever they want to do. Sure. I'll start with getting into fitness for somebody who's a beginner first and then somebody who's more experienced that wants to move into health and wellness second. So if you don't know where to start, um, you can email me. <laughs> if you don't know where to start, I would, I would suggest um, finding something that you enjoy doing to get started. Whether that's playing a sport, sign up for intramural leagues and do that enough to build a baseline fitness to then try something different. If you enjoy running, sign up for a marathon, train for a marathon. If you like being in the gym, but are just a little lost, go ask either, um, who seems to be the most experienced person in the gym or a trainer to help you to work into a baseline so that you can teach yourself. But I think ultimately it's just finding one passion and that'll open up other avenues to do that. So like whether you get involved into it, if you want to be like Arnold and you want awesome muscles, then maybe read a bodybuilding book and then try and implement some of that plan. If you want to run a marathon, look up a cool training thing and training program and do it for a week or two. Find something that's going to get you interested in it and then that will more broadly open you up to better nutrition, better lifestyle design. I think it's scheduling. It's just getting hooked. Finding something that you enjoy doing turns this from um, uh, a mindset Turn, sorry, turns this from something that you think about um, that you have to do to something that you can't go without. Yeah. When that changes, that's when your lifestyle changes. Um, I that's think a hard switch for a lot of people. It's a hard switch. Um, it takes patience, but finding enjoyment and exercise, um, I would recommend getting out outside, work out on the beach, go for a run outside, get some vitamin D. That will also kick the training um, into overdrive. Yeah. For somebody who wants to take it a little bit further for personal training, I would say it comes with receiving great coaching, uh, doing a ton of reading, and then implementing on yourself. So kind of being a guinea pig was how I got into it. I read a lot, um, received my coaching kind of online just from, from people I respected. And I now have my personal training certification through NASM, which is a great starting point. For nutrition, um, I'm not a certified nutritionist. I think my knowledge has come from reading. I've read thousands of articles, several books, listened to experts speak on the topic. For starters, I'd recommend somebody that you you like a lot, Tom Moltaire. Um, he wrote the Whole Life Nutrition Cookbook. 
Um, he's an awesome dude. Others include David Wolf, as we mentioned a lot, um, on Superfoods, and then all of the guys at Onnit. So I think at the Onnit Academy, they do a lot of amazing training, but online they do all earth-grown supplements. Mm-hmm. They run a sweet blog. Um, they have a lot of really cool fitness equipment. They're big on unconventional training. That's kind of their mantra too. Um, Joe DeFranco out of that gym puts out some great material. Um, they're kind of my favorite fitness company right now for all things health and wellness. Um, I would also kind of just, just start with something like that. Yeah. Do you have one book that you would recommend in, in this field that that's kind of led you down your path? I know that you're, you're even a more serial reader than I am. So, and you've recommended a lot of books to me that I've loved. Is there, is there one that it's like, okay, I want to get in health and wellness, I got a hundred dollar Amazon gift card so I can get whatever book I want. What am I going to go for? Yeah. Um, I would buy the four hour body from Tim Ferriss. <laughs> I come back to Hammer it. So home, that's fine. Yeah. It's got so many cool aspects to it. It's run an ultra marathon, bench press 300 pounds, but just, just really digging into these high class performers to break down Really cool things that Tim implemented on himself. Yeah, he's done it. He's done it. It's got uh, – the the slow-carb diet in there is interesting. I've tried it. um, I've tried it twice um, to try and lean out. It's it's a good way to see what foods you rely on throughout the day. It's kind of like a little mini elimination diet almost. And that's what Tom, who you mentioned previous, that's his philosophy as well. Um, which is taking out foods and reintroducing them and kind of judging the, the change to your body, kind of how you feel, how you respond to those foods. But I think the four hour body has got some really cool, um, ideas in it. And the other thing is that it's also just an entertaining read and it will keep you hooked. Even if you don't want to try a lot of the crazy stuff that Tim does. In the yeah. Book. And you I can pick and choose with awesome. that book. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So that, that book educates you. Um, on, on health and fitness, but if you were to leave your mark on the education of fitness and change it, how would you go about changing that educational platform for everybody? Um, if okay, that's so. If you allow me, I'd like to adjust the question, broaden the scope, and ask how I would change healthcare in general. Okay, fitness will be portion of this of this answer um give it to us yep (laughs) so my biggest issue with the system today is that it is a largely um it's largely reactive we address the symptoms um you're sick great instead of the problems which is probably no sleep exercise proper nutrition some some lifestyle decision that you're making um that can be changed Big corporations think corporate wellness is simply solved by offering health care to their employees um, for when they need to fix an issue. <laughs> Doctors prescribe based on their specialty without seeing the whole picture. Um, ask your dentist when the last time he talked to your dermatologist, who should talk to your neurologist, who should talk to your orthopedic, who should char- talk to your internist. Um, you know, We get pills, quick fixes, and short-sighted health advice all the time. I think... One of my favorite sayings, um, which <laughs> came from something that you showed me, said the issue is not that being obese runs in your family. It's that no one in your family runs. 
<laughs> is a yeah. total generalization. Yeah. Um, but it's food for thought nonetheless. Yeah. Um, preventative healthcare needs to be the answer. So I think my kind of rant is, you know, what if at age 18 pre-university or at kind of at this point in your life, your hormones are starting to, to calm down, um, that your physical consisted of a food sensitivity test, um, a hormone profile from a blood panel, a prescribed fitness regimen based on your movement mechanics and maybe a list of prior injuries. You've got a nutrition program based on weight goals that you want, um, your hormone profile and your genetics. You received a sleep and pre-bed routine to optimize your energy levels and sleep state and a stress reduction program to help you when life gets overwhelming. And then you met with a yoga instructor, a corrective exercise specialist, and a physical therapist, and a life coach to address the remainder of your health profile. So to be a ninja. You'd be a ninja. (laughs) Think about how much different your life would be if you knew how to correct these problems before they started. If you could correct them yourself without paying thousands of dollars in healthcare premium, um, which I would still suggest obviously having anyway in case of emergencies. But um, if those premiums were lowered because healthcare was worried about paying out less um, and you didn't need, you didn't have to receive this narrow, this, this advice that's so narrow in scope. Like what if all of your doctors were on the same team, which you feel like they should be? Seems logical to me, but doesn't happen. Yeah. They all had a discussion and they all helped you together. Like this, that's, that's kind of my short answer on how I want to change the world. I want to get the focus back to a preventative system, provide preventative care, and then provide the reactive care to things that are simply uncontrollable. There are obviously illnesses, genetic disorders, injuries, um, injuries, whether traumatic or sports induced, exercise induced. I think people just need to get started on being able to self-help and just need to be started from a younger age. I never received any of that advice. I never received any holistic health and wellness advice from anyone. My doctors didn't talk. Nobody, nobody really gave me a full health picture. And that's just something that I just am not on board with going forward. I think getting your kids into a team sport, a gymnastics class and a martial art would be incredible. Uh, you know, educating yourself as current or future parents so that you can prevent a large part of our health issues today, namely childhood obesity, seems to come to mind pretty quickly, um, but can also be inclusive of poor dietary habits, um, a lack of knowledge around proper movement, how to squat, how to pick up things, how to just perform mobility work each day, um, and other healthy lifestyle changes I think are, it just needs to happen, you know. Getting 10,000 steps on your Fitbit and meeting your goal is not an excuse to knock off two donuts and drink all night. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny listening yeah. to people, oh, I got my, got my steps in today. But it's like, no, you need to get your steps in every day, including eating well and yeah. sleeping well. I think getting back to a system that um, everyone is teaming together to help you um, that is preventative is just could be an amazing fix to the fitness game and just to the healthcare game in general. So like, it sounds like you want to kind of set a baseline of, of where you're at and then have this amazing team around you to benefit you as opposed to be there when you're hurting. hundred percent. 
I think that's I think that's awesome. I think that's revolutionary in thought. I think what's interesting about about something like that too is that as as you know, money speaks in our society and all of the doctors, everyone makes money based on what they're prescribing and, and they're prescribing things to fix your heart because it hurts or your leg because it hurts or your stomach because it hurts, but they don't realize that everything like that is connected. Yeah. I mean, every, everything on your body is, is connected and everything you're doing results in what, in what isn't, what is either hurting or what is either thriving. So that, that I think is an amazing, is a task to set and that's the way you're going to change the world. Task. I think your name is going to be remembered. <laughs> um, kind of speaking of your name, what, you know, I guess winding things down, where can people find out about, um, Jason Lobig and, and, and what you're doing? How can they connect with you? Um, and, and how can they help you in that mission to change the world? Got it. Um, first thing I would say is my, my door quotes is always open. Um, other people have and are continuing to provide me opportunities to speak with them and learn from them. And I want to use my, um, station in life in my network to help as many people as I can then to give back. Um, I think this open door policy has been super beneficial to me and I want to provide that benefit to everyone I possibly can. I think my favorite part about working in this industry is how collaborative it is. Everyone is better off if we're working together. Um, my website's here, livebetterco.org. Um, which we run together. I'll have my own personal site, jasonlobig.com, which is going up sometime this year, um, which I'm hoping to put some other cool stuff on, um, just some personal stuff that I'm doing. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, just at Jason Lobig. Um, come out to one of our beach workouts. <laughs> um, just hit me up. I'm always willing to talk. So Awesome. So uh, thanks so much for for educating our listeners on what you're about, um, some of the cool life hacks you demonstrated. Um, we're super excited, I mean, you and I, to, to broaden our view on this podcast. And I think giving our listeners a quick view on what we're about is, is very beneficial. So like Jason said, we're, we're here to change the world. So come help us out. Thanks, Brett.